All right, all right, all right. This is going to be You Had to Be There, episode 8. Um, this story is uh, not necessarily a sad story, uh, but it's not necessarily a happy story. This is a life lesson story, like, you know, the rest of my podcast episodes. But this one hits in a different area, which I'm sure, or I just hope that, you know, some of you uh, think about it and, uh, you know, uh, really take uh, what I say into consideration. Um, you know, I, you know, uh, if you do know me, you know, I don't typically portray myself as a very serious person. Um, I like to cut loose. I like to have a good time, uh, no matter the circumstances. And so, uh, this is just going to be one of those things that, where I feel like, um, I just want to take the time to tell you a story like this, uh, to maybe let you in on a little bit of my thought process and stuff like that. So here we go. Episode eight, <clears throat> you had to be there. This story is about the time when I was about, uh, four or five years old. Um, my parents were, uh, newly divorced. Um, my dad got the house that my parents built, um, and, uh, got custody of my sister and I, my younger sister, Callie and I, uh, which is uncommon, uh, in most situations. In most cases, the mother gets custody. So it was really unique. And at the time, the, uh, the time split between the two, um, was two weeks with my dad and one weekend with my mom. And mostly that was because I think maybe my mom uh, kinda, my mom takes things very, very hard. Um, she's uh, very self-critical, uh, much like myself. We just handle those situations in different ways. Um, and so she wasn't in the best spot. She has always done, and she remains what I would say, obviously as the best mother there is to this day. She's always lived her life in a sense of, she's always wanted to be able to provide my sister and I with things that she could never have as a child. And um, that's just the way she's lived. If that meant her working two jobs, it meant her working two jobs. If it meant her doing this, doing that, you know, like working late or, you know, staying at the office, um, you know, when everybody was at home, then that's what it meant. And you know, I just want to also take a minute to say that I will forever be grateful for that. Uh, and it has instilled a, a set of values in me that, um, you know, that you can't really get anywhere else. And I'm very appreciative for that. Um, anyways, <clears throat> what this story is really about. When I was four or five years old, like I said, my parents were, uh, had been divorced uh, just then. My mother moved in with who would be my great-grandma. Uh, her name was uh, Grandma Edwards. That's what we called her. It would be my grandfather, the, uh, my mom's dad. Uh, it would be his mother. Um, uh, I don't have a lot of memories of her. I didn't see her a lot. Uh, she was a very, very, from what I do know, she was a very... Uh, her way or the highway isn't a good way to explain it, but she was almost grumpy. I don't want to say actually grumpy and mean and like a Scrooge, but she was very, um, she was hard for someone like me to want to be around off the bat. I knew that as a little kid. And, um, but still I loved when I would get to go see her and, uh, spend the weekend with my mom. Um, and I remember one night <clears throat> we were over there. 
and I remember I remember it you know down to like what I was wearing that day you know I was a typical little kid you know slept in like a big oversized t-shirt and uh I remember I was wearing this big white like 96 rock oversized t-shirt and I was standing in my mom's room like uh taking a sip of uh like probably a Dr. Pepper like out of her cup or something like that it's her favorite drink and will be her favorite drink till the day she dies um uh god love her so um I remember I was doing that I remember having the cup in my hand like standing sort of towards the foot of her bed and I remember hearing two the bedroom door looked out into the hallway and it was like a long skinny hallway hallway and it was a uh, like a just a basic typical ranch or brick ranch style home you know had a basement um but single level up top and so it was a very long house um with a big singular hallway down the I guess you know from one end to the other and so I remember hearing footsteps on the left side of the hallway and footsteps on the right side of the hallway I mean I was just doing simple math as you know a little four or five year old only two other people in the house uh besides me and my sister and Callie standing right next to me (laughs) and um so it had to be my mom and my uh, great-grandmother and she comes storming down the hallway and they're yelling about something what it what they're yelling about is I don't know um you know because my mom she's not the most confrontational person but she she does raise her voice very quickly um but she's not very apt to do it and then I know my, and that's not me saying that she's not ever been a bad guy or, you know, she's never played the bad cop role or anything like that. But in this situation, I just don't see that. I don't see it happening. Um, my mom was very grateful at the time to have someone like her to let her stay with her. And I remember my grandma just, she did this thing where she she would grit her teeth. And that's, you know, she was really mad. She was gritting her teeth. And she had one of those little skinny, bony, like, old person fingers and she would point it and I was like ugh I don't like this lady like I literally didn't like her and um which was so weird I can't explain to you how weird that was to understand how much I didn't like my great-grandmother as a five-year-old kid um it seems like something that could be very dismissive like oh yeah you don't like people but no seriously like to think about to be very cognitive of that at five years old I felt like it was a very unique uh thing to be going through and they were arguing they're arguing arguing and they kind of stopped for a second and they met in the middle of the doorway and I was like oh yeah you know surely they see me and Callie and uh whatever and that's probably why it kind of dissolved and they came to some kind of resolution or something like that and out of nowhere just boom I was like what is going on I was like did I really just see what I saw sorry if that was loud for you my grandmother absolutely smacked the shit out of my mom. And I remember just being absolutely irate. I might have cried. Um, I've always been very defensive of my mother. Um, I know I call her crazy from time to time, but I've always been very, very defensive. I'm not one of those people where you can slide a your mama joke by. Um, I just don't do, I, I don't do that. Um, I won't do it to your mom, not going to do it to mine, and that's the way I've always been. And um, so I remember just being absolutely furious, and I looked at Callie, and Callie had no idea what was going on. And so 
I was just mad, 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 mad. And I remember the next couple of times it came for us to come over there, I would, uh, I would ask my mom, is grandma going to be there? Is grandma going to be there? You know, this, that, and the other. And of course, yes, she was going to be there. But most of the time she stayed in her room and literally didn't move. She was so old at this point, like late 80s or something like that. And I remember, I remember, uh, you know, my mom moving out of there and, uh, you know, I guess, you know, I guess you could say picking herself back up after a divorce and stuff. And I, and I also, I remember, you know, what that did for her. And I remember seeing my grandma very sparingly after that. And you could talk me into going over there and doing this and doing that every once in a while. And I would. And then I also remember the day she passed. And I remember them telling me that, uh, Dylan, you're going to be a pallbearer, you and your cousins, or whatever. Me and, like, all the guy cousins I had. And I told them no straight up and told my mom nope I'm not gonna do it I told my great-grandma's brother nope not gonna do it told my mom's brother Robert who's one of the most sensible people I know no I'm not gonna do it I told my grandma nope not gonna do it you're gonna be lucky that I go is what I told one of them I can't remember who I told that to and at the time, I had to be 16, 17, somewhere in there. I may have been on the, I may have graduated high school at the time. I'm not sure. Um, I don't know if I was quite that old or not. But I remember still having, it wasn't hate anymore. It wasn't a sense of irateness. I wasn't mad. I wasn't furious. But I should remember thinking that. It was just something I couldn't do. I just couldn't do that. And I sat down and I, I didn't talk to myself. I didn't write anything down. And I just thought and I said, wow. Like, or in my head, I was thinking, I was like, man, you've been living your whole life expending that much energy. You don't know that you're doing it until it gets brought up. But you're expending so much energy. The fact that I went through five or six people telling them, no, I'm absolutely not going to be a pallbearer. And I've been carrying that with me for my whole life. Or, you know, from that point to that point. And I was like, man, that, that, that can't be healthy. You know, um, first off, she's a family member, like an actual blood family member. And you feel like that? She slapped your mom, you know, 10, 12 years ago? <laughs> and it took a minute to digest, um, I guess, why I felt that way. And um, it was... It actually wasn't until after the funeral and after the ceremony, um, maybe even a couple weeks after that, um, that I had spent, you know, some time thinking about, uh, you know, had I really just spent that much time living with, you know, that kind of energy in my body, 
and um, you know whether or not you're religious or this that and the other and a lot of times you know people bring up I think they bring up like the tattoo and piercing argument for like the whole your body is a temple thing and stuff like that and I'm not even sure that that belongs there I think that I think that argument let's you can call it an argument you can you know say what you want about what it says in the bible or whatever it is you read I think your body is a temple thing refers to the energy that you keep in it too and um it was at that point in that point forward I decided that I'm not going to live my life like that I'm not going to hold things against people I don't care how big how small it is how wrong I think you've done me or you know how far you've drugged me through the mud or this that and the other it's just going to be one of those things where it's I hate that for us I hate that for our relationship I would like to see things another way and I'd like to try to do my best to be as reasonable as possible and you know if uh if we can't come to some kind of resolution then you know peace be to you I suppose um I'm not carrying the energy with me though um and you know it's just one of those things where it took it took so long for me to come to that and then when I had that spark that realization I felt so good and I feel so good to this day when someone says something ill-hearted and or like this that and the other and I'm just like dang man like I know what that feels like I know what it feels like to carry that kind of bad energy with you and to carry um things that you don't think about on a daily basis and then when something bam something just sparks up and it's back it may have been absent for 10 years 12 years like it was in me it may have been absent or it may have felt like it was absent and then there it is and so if I thought to myself if I can get rid of all these things or if I can just put myself in a place to where these things don't happen you know understand people for who they are and understand that they might be doing things out of uh circumstances and situations that they can't predict they can't grasp and they can't get control of and they can't they can't keep themselves from acting in an immediate sense of rationalization. I'm not going to hold it against them. I'm going to try to be very reasonable, as reasonable as I can with them, to show them that, hey, there's another side to this. And, um, you know, it's um, it can be hard to get to the other side, but you definitely can. Um, and I'm willing to work on whatever relationship that is, whatever it requires of me, you know, I'm willing to make that step forward. And so, yeah. Um, just some stuff to think about, you know, I'm sure if you do listen to this, if you're like one of the two people that listen to this, maybe you have something like that happen. If you want to talk about this kind of thing, we can talk about it. Um, Alright, cool. Uh, That was episode 8, I think. Um, And that will wrap it up. Episode 8, you had to be there. Grandma slaps mom. And (laughs) I guess we're going to pick it up on a little bit lighter note for episode 9. Alright, see ya.